everybody, and welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. Having clarity on what you want is important. Having clarity on who you want to become is powerful. Knowing what you value most and leveraging your values to prioritize what you need to focus on keeps your actions and your choices aligned with your vision of who you want to become. Now, this is true for you as a person or for your team, for your business or your brand. Today, I met with Michael Unbroken. He shares his incredible story and gift for sharing his his experiences and his skills to teach others to face their fears and achieve big goals. Michael challenges us to look in the mirror and acknowledge where we are and push for bigger results. So I really hope you enjoy this awesome conversation with Michael Unbroken. Hey, everybody. We've got Michael Unbroken on the podcast with us today, and he is an excellent person to speak to. He's gone from homeless to hero, which is fantastic. And he is the founder of Think Unbroken, a serial entrepreneur, a best-selling author, award-winning speaker, podcast host, business coach, and advocate for adult survivors from childhood trauma. And Michael's mission is to empower business owners and entrepreneurs around the world to move through fear, set and reach massive goals. We love that. Embrace the power of their voice, create social social change, impact their communities, be powerful leaders, and lead unbroken lives. It's a lot going on. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for rating that, man. I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good one. That's a lot. You've had a lot of accolades, so it's uh, it's worth going through. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because it's like that's not where I started, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what what brought you here today? Can you mind sharing a little bit more about your story and and what you're up to? Yeah, man. You know, it's funny because I'm I'm on the precipice of really stepping across one of the biggest goals of my professional career in the last few years with with our conference and almost three thousand attendees. And it's funny because you know, I go, I look back at my life and at the beginning of this journey, especially, and I was set up for failure, man. I mean, you go look at ticking all the boxes that lead to a disastrous life. And that was where I come from. I mean, I was a homeless kid. My mom was a drug addict and alcoholic. My stepdad was super abusive. Chris, I literally had to steal food to survive. I grew up in Indianapolis in America in the 90s, well, 80s and 90s. And man, by the time that I was 12 years old, I was breaking in houses, stealing cars, getting high every day, running from the cops, getting shot at. My mom was in and out of rehab. My stepdad was you know, really absent from our life. And I ended up getting adopted. So I'm biracial, black and white. And uh, my grandma's old racist white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. So it's like, dude, it's like one thing after another, after another, after another. Um, I end up not graduating high school. I get kicked out. Um, And irony of all ironies, it was my business teacher who one day told me, he was like, look, man, you got to understand something about life. If you want something, you got to earn it. You can't get by in your charms and your good looks. And that pushed me because I was, Chris, I was such a loser, man. Like, and, and I think that people have to acknowledge that in themselves sometimes. And it's uncomfortable because I'm sitting here looking at my life. I'm not graduating from one of the worst schools in America. My girlfriend's embarrassed of me. My family's in chaos. And here I am. I've now not only not graduated from high school, but I got fired from a warehouse job where all I had to do was put mother microchips and motherboards all day long. I got fired and I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, how is this possibly your life? 
And it was that moment at 18 years old where I was like, okay, cool. I'm actually going to go make a hundred grand a year legally. And Chris, that was important to me because I was like, if I can make a hundred grand a year, that's the solution for all this abuse, all this homelessness, the stealing food, the stealing cars, watching my family in turmoil. And of course, dude, obviously if you've ever lived that kind of life, you learn money doesn't solve any problems. And, and that goal of doing it legally was important because, man, my three childhood best friends have been murdered. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. And to this day, bro, I got family in prison. And so I'm sitting here like, all right, dude, get your shit together. Let's go. And sure enough, by the time I was 21, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company. Fortune 10. No high school diploma, no college education, period. And I made $100,000. But like everybody learns, money doesn't solve your problems. And as I headed into 26, man, I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, high from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. And here's the thing, man. I made almost a freaking million dollars. I was 50,000 in debt, living paycheck to paycheck. Right? And so the thing that happened to me was I, I was not living life with clarity. I was letting all the abuse, the trauma, the things I went through influence and impact me. And I was, I was totally blind to it, right? Because I didn't realize that it was happening. Now, I hit a rock bottom moment. Fast forward 12 years later, here are you and I having a conversation. But in between that is when I say no excuses, just results. I decided I was going to like making that money. I decided I would do whatever it took to get to this place. And it has been a trial by freaking fire every single day. And there's good days and there's bad days and there's in-betweens, but ultimately I do it anyway. And, and through the willingness to really, honestly, what it comes down to, man, is to love myself first, period. I've been able to do incredible things. I mean, I've spoken on Grant Cardone's stages. I've worked with people like Tom Bilyeu and Tim's story. I have a best-selling book, the podcast, the events, blah, 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 blah. And it's all for one purpose, man. Just one. This is it. This is literally the only thing I care about on planet Earth. But I do all this so another kid doesn't have to have a story like mine. That's powerful. And what what a crazy story. What was there a specific moment? I, I mean, you walked me through the the journey and the, the general. Was it a buildup over time or was there just one one moment where it clicked for you? Like that's it. Uh, it was a thousand rock bottoms, man. How many times are you gonna cheat on your girlfriend? How many times are you gonna smoke that pack of cigarettes? How many times are you gonna get your freaking car repossessed? How many times the collector is going to call your sister because you're not paying your bills? How many times your brother gonna tell you, don't talk to me, you're not my brother anymore? right? Man, at some point, it's personal responsibility, Chris. Like, mm. like dude, it sucks. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it didn't suck because I went through hell, man. I mean, I'm four years old. My mother cut my freaking finger off, right? You, you look at that, the beatings that I went through, the racism I went through, the getting locked in closets, getting beat up by kids at school because I was so poor. That was an easy target, right? Wetting the bed till I was in my teens. Like, man, what, what's easier than getting high and drunk every day when you've gone through all that? And so it was really just like, I got to this point, man, where I was, I looked at my life and I was like, all right, make a decision right now. Cause within the next 24 months, you're going to be dead. 
Like I just knew it. I felt it, man. The, the life I was living was a disaster. Like on paper, it looked good, right? Because people are like, man, you got this $85,000 car. You got all these J's. You're making hundred grand a year. You don't even have a college education. You're dumb as a box of rocks. So shit must be going good. And everything is awful. And the thing about it, man, is it's you, you have to be willing to go and look in the mirror. Because that is the one place you cannot lie to yourself. You can lie to your friends. You can lie to your family, your business partners, your girl, your guy, whatever. Strangers on the street. You go look in that mirror, man. That that thing that's in your mind about who you are, you cannot escape from. And all I was trying to do was escape from it. Because guess what? If you don't have to face it, it doesn't exist right? Except in every single way, it's destroying your life. Mm. And so here I am running from it constantly. Domino after domino after domino is falling and they're all disastrous. And then I was like, all right, make a decision because something in the next 24 months is going to shift. One way you're going to be in jail or in the grave, like most of your family and your friends, or the other, you're going to start taking responsibility. And this is the cornerstone of all this, Chris. You're not culpable for the bad things that happened to you as a kid. Like, man, it pisses me off that we live in a world where I even have to have this conversation. But the truth is, right now, this moment, like this is on you. And that's what I came to realize. And that's what pushed me into being honest in therapy, going to group coaching, going and getting all these certifications, reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts, and and ultimately the massive investment that it's required for me to be here. You know, I was in my coaching group a couple of weeks ago, and one of the, the members, they were like, hey, how much have you really like invested? And I was like, that's a good question. I don't actually know. I have an idea, but I don't really know. And so what I did was I got my credit card because I've had the same card literally forever. And so I got my credit card. I went through all the receipts in my statements. And then eventually, like I was like, year seven, they run out of statements. You have to go to the bank. You have to sign a thing. They have to give you the paper. You have to go home and take a highlighter. And I did that, man. And I've invested over $275,000 in what I estimate to be about 10,500 hours into this journey. And that's the only reason I'm here because when I had that moment of being like, all right, do something, and the answer became no excuses, just results, like I meant it. That's pretty, pretty incredible ROI though for the 275K. What are you willing to pay to love yourself, Chris? I mean, it's unlimited amount, all of it, everything. Yeah, whatever it takes, man. And that's what I came to. And most people aren't willing to do that because they're terrified. They're terrified that they're worthy. They're scared that they don't deserve it. And dude, you see this in business and entrepreneurship all the time. All the time when I'm working with people in that space, they're terrified. They're like, I got the best thing ever, but they won't talk about it. They, they know they're underpriced, but they won't, up their, they won't raise their rates. They're working with the wrong clients, but they're scared to fire them because they might get a bad Yelp review. And I'm like, yo, you're so concerned about what other people think about you that you can't actually live. I love that. There's there's a there's an interesting balance. It, it feels like in there because I, I'm I'm all I, no excuses, just results. Look in the mirror. It, you're speaking my language, and and I believe that fully. And then there's this this component of acknowledging like where you are and what you've been challenged with, and going there enough to be self aware and look in the mirror, but not staying there so long that you give yourself the excuse 
to live in that space and, and trying to find like the, the balance of acknowledging those, like the story that you have, but also pulling yourself out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. And, and here's what's interesting, man, is I don't want people to think that it was like, I made a decision and my life was better the next day because it wasn't. It was 26 to 30 years old, was one step forward, a million steps backwards. Dude, for years, it was like, man, I said I wasn't going to hook up with a stranger. Boom, hooked up with a stranger. I was like, I'm not going to get drunk today. Boom, got drunk today. I wasn't going to smoke today. Smoke today, right? But then what started to happen is the space and the time in which those events would occur became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where now they don't exist in my life ever under any circumstance. Mm. Right. And and that's the thing that people have to understand. It's an iterative process. Like you're never going to just do something one time and be proficient, especially not life, especially not life when you've been through the dark side, bro, I've been to hell and back. So let me tell you this, man, when you're trying to step through it, it is like you're walking through the flames all the time. But the only way you get through them, dude, you got to walk through them. And, and that's the process. It's just simply so... I had this conversation with Grant Cardone and he says this publicly all the time, but I was standing with him and we were chatting and he said something to me and it was the first time it ever actually really clicked, even though I'm 10 years into this journey at this point, right? And we're sitting and we're talking and he goes, man, listen, I know what you're trying to build. I know what you're trying to do. Just remember this. If you don't quit, you'll never fail. And I was like, that's really kind of been the way I've ever done anything. But for whatever reason, it sat with me that day in that moment, probably just because I was there with him in that energy. And if you know Grant Cardone, he's one of a kind. Um, and so, you know, that's what I think about in this journey, man. It's like, yo, yeah, some days are going to be super hard. Some days are going to be so hard, you're going to think that all the work you've done is for nothing. And those are the days in which you keep going anyway. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I've tried to correlate the the feeling that that you're describing that like the fire, the flame, the the pain. That you just teach yourself that's the growth zone, and not to to give up. Like know that it may not feel like growth in the moment. It may just feel horrible. But as long as you have the right mindset and you you don't quit to your point, then when you get on the other side of it and you pull from it, it's just it's just an opportunity to grow. But there's a piece you're missing, Chris, and and let me tell you why. If all you've ever known is hell, then you don't know that there's something else. Mm, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And so for me growing up, that's all I ever knew. So I expected, let's be clear, dude, I expected my life to be terrible. And it was. 
because that's what they told me it would be. And so if you're one of these people who come from a background like me and you're like, man, my life sucks, but it's always sucks. So why should it be good? One, so when people come to me, it, it's almost inevitable. At some point, every single person I've ever worked with has said this phrase, I thrive in chaos. You know, that is the dumbest thing you could ever say. Because wouldn't you want to thrive in joy, hope, compassion, grace? Wouldn't you want to thrive in a place of peace, of community, of connection? But you're not ever taught that. So when you're in hell and you're going through it, you're like, oh, I deserve to be alone. I deserve to be stuck. I deserve not to have other people. And so it's not that you're not going through that still in the healing journey, but it's that instead of moving through hell in this way where it's like, I'm going to leave it all behind and pretend it's not there, you're trying to change the narrative of what is acceptable in your own life. Yeah, no, it's a great call out. And you you would have the inclination to continue to create that chaotic environment should you not be th- like mindful or intentional about pulling out of it or, or creating something different. You don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and so when I'm when I'm working with people, the one thing that I'm trying to teach them is like let's think about possibility. What would your life look like on the other side of this investment? The other side of this effort? The other side of this mindset shift? What I what I try to do, and I, I'm literally mean this. This is a literal thing I'm about to say. I try to brainwash people because they've already been brainwashed with bullshit. So what happens if you can brainwash them with possibility, with hope, with dreams, with showing them the way to building esteem, with confidence, with giving them the tools to sustain a life on their terms? Imagine how different life would be. Absolutely. I mean, the if if you haven't been exposed to or not like been taught, seen, experienced what it means to to set a big goal or to know what's on the other side of that, then you, you're not going to have the experience or know which direction to point. So, how do we provide those tools, and when do we provide them, and how do we do it in a systematic way? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways, but the most important thing, first and foremost, is they have to want it. It's a great point. I can't want it for you. You know what I mean? And and people, like I've had to, it, it sucks. I hate when I have to do this, but sometimes I've had to let clients go. So we're on this, we're on a, a business structured show, right? So from a business perspective, I have to look at it and I have to go, why are people not going through the paces here? Sometimes they're just not ready. Sometimes I'm not the right vehicle, right? But sometimes it's just simply that people are looking for a reason why they can stay the same. They'll come into a program and they'll be like, didn't work. That person sucks. The community was terrible. And I'm like, okay, cool. So if that's true, let's talk about the thousands of people, the hundreds of testimonials, all of the events and everybody else. Maybe the problem in the room is you not being willing to acknowledge that you're unwilling to change. I love that. I think you're, you're, you're nailing what I was alluding to earlier on that balance of like acknowledge that you have reasons why you're here you have limitations you have your background your history the the things that have happened to your story acknowledge it but then you need to be willing to move or grow from it you can't live in that as an excuse or a reason to justify the place that you're in well you can and if you do your life will be exactly what it is exactly. so make so make a decision and look the hard part about that decision chris is it's terrifying 
imagine this for a second. So here's this, here's these two people, right? If you're watching, kind of have my hands out, right? Between those two people is a giant gap, goes down and over and across and up, right? The person on the left is the person you are today, okay? That's with everything that you know about who you're capable of being. The person on the right is the person that you dream of being, this idealized version of you, this healed version, this uh, abundant version, this person that has love and connection and family and friends and everything that they could ever want. But guess what? There's a freaking gap in front of you. And that gap is 10 miles wide and 100 miles deep. The only way you cross that chasm is by having the willingness to acknowledge that you do not yet, yet, yet have the skills to be that person. Because you have not yet identified who that person is. It's mind-boggling to me how many times people are like, I want my dreams to come true. And I'm like, tell me what your dream is. And they're like, well, it's the most vague thing you could ever imagine. Well, <laughs> it's really hard to make vague things come to reality. So number one, you need massive clarity, period. You know this. Look at the people we've interviewed on this show. All the ones who are successful have massive clarity and they move towards it. That's number two. You have to take massive action. The amount of action required to get to where you want to be on the other side of this gap is so unbelievable that it's probably going to take you 10 years. Three, you have to have support. The biggest mistake that I see people make is they try to do this alone. How do I know, Chris? Because I tried to do it alone and it didn't freaking work. And four, which I think is really important, and, and it's something that especially in entrepreneurship is not talked about in a practical way is that you have to move like you're going to die today, but you have a hundred years to live. And eventually on a long enough timeline, you will close that gap because every step you take closes that mile. And every single day as you close that mile, you become more and more into this person. And then that's when assimilation begins. I love it. I love, move, move like you're going to die, but like you have a hundred years to live. That's yeah. cool. I, I really appreciate that quote. And, it's, there's so much alignment between with what you're saying and and how we approach goal setting. It's 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 wonderful, and you've you've got this. You need to know who you want to become, and make that specific so that you can reverse engineer backwards. What is it going to take to get there? And in doing that, you need to also acknowledge where you are today. Right? And you need to know like who are you currently, so you can measure the distance between that and where you want to go, and be able to break that down so you can, like you said, move move with some urgency, uh, but know that you have time in this process. Yeah, dude. And, and look, give yourself some grace for who you are today because mm. most people won't take the first step because of all of the past. Dude, my past is so... Chris, dude, there is shit I cannot say. Like, even to this day, I think about it. I'm like, if I say that, will I go to prison? And that's not a joke. Like, that's for real. And so when I think about that, I'm like, if I let all that stuff hold me back, do you think I'd be here with you right now? Absolutely not. You'd be anchored to where you were. Exactly. And most people are anchored to where they were seven years ago. Mm. Or even Ter where they were as a child, right? Especially. Because think about this, man. Our, we're the sum total of all of our experiences. You cannot run from that. Everything that's ever happened in your life has informed who you are. And so if everything you have ever known or believed is based on what other people, other people have brainwashed you into, the only way you change that is that you take action.
Just try the stuff that scares you, man. Be honest with yourself. Do you know Garrett White by chance? I don't. Okay. So Garrett is, he's a men's coach. Um, he's, he's an interesting guy. He's a homie. Um, and he says something like, he's just like, stop lying. And that just comes to mind when I have this kind of conversation because he's so right. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself about everything. Stop lying to other people about everything. Like, keep it real. Like, show up. And, and look, here's the thing. And you know this, man. The more you're honest, the more people will move away from you until you cross the other side of the pendulum and you start moving towards people who are also only ever honest and you have a new community. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll attract like-minded people. Or it's who who said this? I, I was listening. Uh, I'm gonna. I hope I don't butcher this quote, but he was he was making the analogy of of like a rocket ship with boosters, and he's saying that sometimes people in your life are like boosters. They'll take you from one altitude to the next altitude, and then they're gonna fall off. And I thought that was cool, and it's not in a way that you're using them per se. It's it's really just part of the experience. But I thought that was really interesting. That they they'll get you like your your community, the group you're in now, or will will keep you where you are and the altitude that you are. Should you choose to want to go to a new altitude, you have to accept that some of those people might fall off. Yeah, and look, and it's not because you don't love them. It's not because you don't even care about them. But like, here, man, I'm, I'll tell you something really hard. When I was 14, I put a restraining order on my mother. Imagine that. 14, I made the decision. When I was 18, I told her, I will never talk to you again. Imagine an 18-year-old telling their mother, I will never talk to you again. And Chris, until the day she died, I didn't. And I can promise you, dude, if I wouldn't have made that decision, there's no way I'd be talking to you right now. And you have got, like, this is what people have to recognize. Like, my, my heart mourns for my mother. I know what her background was. I know what her childhood was. I know what it must have been like growing up with my grandmother and in that home and an abusive, drunk stepfather in the 50s. Let's call it what it is, right? And for me to be able to come to live life on my terms and be the person that I am today, I had to look at the people in my life. And even at a young age, and even to this day, if you, it's not even about the boosters, Chris. It's like, are you trying to anchor me to the land? Cause I'm going to the moon, right? Absolutely. And the people who are trying to anchor you and hold you down are going to do their best to make sure they're successful because they're going to want to tell you, I told you so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's these limiting, it, it's a mixture of that external and then the, the internal so much because the, each of the people in your life, they also have their own limiting beliefs and it's like a circular thing. And it's, it's, you can't absorb that and become part of that like common talk track because you'll, you'll just stay in that same circular conversation. You need to pull yourself from that and create a different perception. Yeah. But we talk about this all the time, Chris, this isn't the first time you've had this conversation, but I'll tell you why people don't do it because they're terrified to be alone. But I'm telling you right now, the best thing I've ever done when I was 29 heading into 30, I sold everything I owned. I packed everything else into a Chevy Malibu and I drove across the country by myself to a place where I did not know a single person. So I could go deep into this experience of figuring out who I am. And unless you're will, unless you're dude, unless you're willing to do that, what are you willing to do to have the life you want to have? That's it. That's the question. And the fear that people have is it's reasonable, man. And here's the thing, like you have 
every right to keep every excuse you have and why your life sucks. I'll never take it away from you. I've been there. I get it. Like, okay. So don't complain. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy the the story you can tell yourself and what you're not aware of until like to your point, like you make that leap and then you figure it out. But you got to put yourself in a position to figure it out, or you're just going to continue to stay in that circumstance. Yeah, and and sometimes you can't figure it out because the environment hasn't changed. You know, mm-hmm. I realized that one of the biggest reasons I had left Indiana, and actually, I really encourage all of my clients. I'm like, pack up and move. The one of the <laughs> reasons why is because think about this: if it's all you've ever known, how do you change? How do you change when nothing is different? When for 26 years, 36 years, 51 years, same restaurants, same friends, same streets, same smells, same seasons, same everything. Nothing has become different. How can you expose yourself to things that are different? There's a picture I keep in my passport. It's of my grandmother. When when I was like 12 years old, we were watching Anthony Bourdain's first show, a chef's tour. And I'm sitting in the living room and we have one of those big old wooden television boxes. You know what? They're 12 feet long, but the screen's about an inch and a half. Oh, yeah. And my grandma just never got rid of it. And she's in her rocking chair, sitting back there, rocking back and forth, smoking a Misty Slim 100, drinking a Paps Blue Ribbon. My grandma's a hillbilly, bro. I'm going to call it what it is. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm watching this show with her. And I look back at her and I go, one day I'm going to do that. And you know what she said to me, Chris? She goes, the world is scary. You shouldn't do that. You never know what's going to happen when you go somewhere. My grandma's never been on a fucking airplane, Chris. How would she know? And so what I mean when I'm saying this is to think about something very, very important. Are you learning from people who have never done the thing you're trying to do? And the reason I keep my grandmother's picture in my passport is because I've been to 15 countries. I wrote my first book on the beaches of Thailand and in the, the cities of Vietnam. I've traveled all over the world. I've spoken in Singapore. I've been to Paris. I've hung out in Mexico and everywhere in between. And it's only about one thing, man. What are you willing to do? It's scary to leave your neighborhood. It's, most people in America live within 10 miles of where they grew up. I get it. It's scary. You want your comfort zone. Keep it. Keep your comfort zone and watch your life not be different. I um, I have an interesting experience that, that I want to share. It's uh, you made me think of this, and I, I used to I used to be on the U.S. skydiving team years ago, and I, I traveled around, did four thousand skydives all over the world, and I would travel internationally commercially with my my rig parachute system, and people would sometimes figure it out. They're like, what? What is that? Is that a climbing harness? Like, is that a parachute? They'd freak out. It's like, why do you have a parachute on the airplane? And it's like, don't worry, you're not, we're not, <laughs> you're not in trouble. And uh, and then it was all, almost a hundred percent of the time we'd start having a conversation. And be like, how could you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? And if you've ever been skydiving, uh, the the uh, the airplanes you skydive out of skydive out of are not perfectly good. So I'd always make a joke out of probably want to jump out. You want to get out of these airplanes, right? And it was funny. But then the more and more I had that that talk track and, and I started to think about it, I'm like, man, how, how many people go through their life thinking, I don't want to get out of this perfectly good airplane? And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm like, that's a really big limiting belief. And it's it's true. Like the perception that, you know, you you have this 
this this this limitation that you shouldn't cross this threshold. And then the reality is when you're on the other side of it and you just get out of the airplane, you realize it's actually not that crazy. And it's a very manageable environment. And there's a lot of correlation for me. So I always I always ask people, I'm like, what's your perfectly good airplane? And you know, what are you telling yourself that's keeping you from yeah. jumping? But that comes back to that looking in the mirror thing, man. My mine was I'm looking at my life when I'm 26, 27, and I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. All right. My mom cut my finger off. Not that bad. My stepdad put me in the hospital. Not that bad. You know, I'm 50 grand in debt. Car got repoed. Not that bad. You know, oh, never, ever, ever, ever thinking about possibility or abundance, but only just kind of trying to justify everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what we're, we do that because, you know, you think about it. We're meaning making machines, man. We're always just trying to find a rhyme and reason and let things be justifiable. It's like, all right, cool. Keep justifying. And here's what's going to happen, Chris. This is the part that scares me. I don't, I'm not scared of anything except one thing. I've had guns in my faces. I've been in handcuffs, bro. It's it's fine. Like I've been through some shit. The only thing that scares me is that when I die, the last words I utter are regret. That's it. It's the only thing that scares me. Because if if I have that on my tongue as I pass on to whatever is next, that is a life unlived. And all, all of this, everything that I have done to this day and everything I will do until that moment will have been for nothing. And I believe that in my heart. And that's just simply because I don't want to die with regret. Everyone told me growing up, you're never going to be anything. You don't matter. You're a loser. You're dumb. You're stupid. And I played into it. And I lived that life. And so now that I live life on my terms, I can't stay in that airplane. In fact, put me on the worst airplane you have and watch me make that thing work. Mm. I love that. That's, that's pretty cool. And, and could you, the more and more you build confidence about being in uncomfortable places, the more you know that you can manage through it. And, that, and it's back to what we were saying before, that you know that on the other side of that experience, you're going through is growth, but you can't, you can't assume someone knows what that is until they built the tools or they have the experience you're talking about to say, hey, oh, okay, like if I approach it this way and with this mindset on the other side, I'll learn something and continue going. Uh, you don't know that that exists. Yep. And, and also it's like when you're in it, remind yourself you've never done this before. It's wild to like you, the first time you jumped, you didn't do it by yourself. You probably would have died, man. You know, it's actually really funny that you're a skydiver because I have this stupid joke I tell people all the time. I think it's funny, so I don't really care. But but I'm like, you know, the thing about life and and this journey is like the first time you do something, you're never going to be proficient. You know, I think about the dude who skydived for the first time, like that dude is for sure dead. (laughs) But like the other guy who was watching him from the ground was like, oh, I think I got that figured out. Yeah. And that's the game, man. It's like, watch the people who've done it, model them, right? Hopefully survive and, and take that and bring that into your life. And every single day, give it the effort and the energy by having the guidance of the people who have executed it in front of you. Cause then it's not so scary. So true. It's, uh, it's interesting because you have to, we had someone on the podcast a, a few, maybe a month ago, he, he quoted Ryan Reynolds, believe it or not. And Ryan had said, to be good, you have to be willing to be bad. And it's so true. Uh, and I really appreciate that you have to be willing to be bad at something for a while to earn the right to be good at it. And I, I think about that as we were, we were talking about the skydiving thing. I promise I'll stop making skydiving references after this, but uh, it teaches you to manage risk. 
Right. So you can, you can go be bad, but you do it in a container. Like know how much you can be bad to learn and continue to grow, but you know how to manage the risk in the environment in a way that um, you can you can have some level of 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 like I guess borders around what you're doing. Yeah, and and you will you will grow and progress through that, right? And but it always starts with one, right? We all start at one, and it's funny because like when I held my first event like six years ago, two people showed up, right? Now we have how many do you have now? Like, like we have Unbroken Conference happening. We've got almost 3,000 people registered. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. We're excited. But look, here's the thing. Again, two people came to my first event. And then six, and then nine, and then 12, and then 25, and 50, and blah, 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 blah. Right? But I had to have the willingness to do event one, knowing that nobody was coming. I even knew. Like, I remember I looked at the registrations, and I was like, cool, man. We got like 12 people registered. I hope five show up. So I can learn. And I've never done it before. And I've spoken in, dude, I've spoken in front of 10,000 people with Grant Cardone. I've spoken in front of 500 people with Tom Bilyeu and his Melon Minds group. And I'm, it's like crazy, dude. It's like at the beginning though, we all suck. It's fine. Just keep going. Right? And have support and learn. Like I'm studious. That $275,000, that is not on anything other than the things I'm trying to learn that make my life better. Or not even necessarily better, but different. Is my life different today than it was yesterday because of the effort and the energy that I put in? Mm -hmm. That's what I always ask myself. It's always the measurement. Because if you're always doing the same thing, definition of insanity, right? You're going to get the same results. And so I'm like, all right, push. Push, go a little bit hard, be a little bit crazy. Right. And I do think, I do think you do have to be a little bit crazy, not in a derogatory sense, but in a kind of like your friends are going to look at you weird kind of way. Like, dude, some, it, I, I guarantee you on a given week, I get three texts from friends who are like, you're a workaholic. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not. You don't get it. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to go to the game and I, I don't want to go have beers on a Saturday afternoon. And I don't want to do all the things that society has indoctrinated us into believing is life. Mm. I want to do the things I want to do. And, and that's the thing. It's like, go do. And I have the willingness to tell my friends. No, I'm not scared to tell them no. Cause they get, cause my real friends and these are the same people who text me. They're like, they get it. Cause then they see 3000 people pop into an event and they're like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, if I would have got beers with you on Saturday, I wouldn't have had enough time to write the script for day one. Do you see why I don't do that? And that's that little bit of crazy that I have. Right. But all, I think most great people do, you know, go look at Gary V, go look at Kobe, go look at Beyonce, go look at Rihanna. Like, bro, we're every one of us gets texts from our friends that we're workaholics, but we're not. We just know what we want. Yeah, I, that's exact exactly it, right? Know both what you want and who you want to become, so that it acts like a compass in the moments when you have to make a decision. Like, do I want to go get beers on a Saturday, or do I want to keep working towards this thing that I want to become? Yeah, wouldn't you like? This is a silly thought, but it's like, wouldn't you rather like live your life than have a couple of drinks? Or Absolutely. go to the game or do any of like go to concerts you don't want to go to just because your friends want you to go. Yeah. Unless you're making your fiance happy and you, you take a chance on a new artist. 
Yeah, that might be a little bit different, Chris, but you get my point, man. You know, yeah. it's even like, you know, it's it's really interesting because like, I think the greatest sense of ownership and healing that we have is saying no. And people really struggle with the ability to say no. It is it is a common, I'm sure you hear this clearly, you hear this all the time. It's something that, that people ask for skills, knowledge, awareness, tools. And how to approach that? Like, how do I say no to myself and the and the things like say no to the things I don't want to do to myself, but also say no to other people who are asking me to do things that aren't my priorities. I'll tell you exactly how. Literally, I'll teach you the same thing I teach people all the time in my courses and in my my groups. You have to know your values first. Most people don't. In fact, ninety eight percent of people have no idea what they stand for. And so, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. And I think about values as the predominant thing that one must have in order to effectively navigate the world. My values are simple, Chris. You can even probably guess some of them from this conversation. Honesty, leadership, kindness, self-actualization, no excuses, right? So whatever your values are, you have to know them. You have to define them. And I think what's important is you have to define them for you and what they mean for you, not for other people. Because here's what's going to happen. They become a filtering system. Okay? So Chris hits me up. Hey, man, do you want to come on my show? Okay. Let me do some checkpoints through my value system to see if it makes it through each level of the funnel. Okay. Do I, do I think Chris aligns with me in honesty and kindness and leadership? Does he have people on the show who are living that life? Yes, 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 yes. Cool. Checkbox. Great. Chris, I'm in. Let's go. Right? Same thing for the concert. Same things for people I date. Same things for relationships. Same things for the, the woman I'll marry. Same things for my best friends. Same things for events I speak at. Everything. Right? Now, let's say you don't check off those boxes, Chris. Nah, he's a liar. I listen to that show. He's full of shit. He, he's not living authentically. The people he has on this show are not people who are changing the world. Nope, nope, nope. Hey, Chris, sorry, dude, can't do your show. Not the right alignment. That applies to everything. Relationships, dating, career, friends, community, what you do, how you spend your time and who you spend it with. And that is the ultimate because here's what happens, man. When you are operating in the space of your values and that's your top of the line funnel, that becomes the way that you have a security blanket because the thing that starts to come to awareness is alignment. And when you're not aligned with someone or something or some things, you will more have the willingness to say no, because here's why. Every time you do something out of your value system, you're being inauthentic and lying to yourself. And you'll feel those pains of regret you spoke about. That's it. Yeah. Dude, this is, this, is nuts. this is not rocket science, bro. It's not. And my, mine, we have some similar values. Uh, just to give you that, that confirmation, mine are leadership, excellence, and adventure. I, we, do, we, we encourage people to have three to five. Mine are those three. Uh, I have a question. Do you, do you distinguish... This comes up for me uh, when we teach values and, and we, we go through that alignment exercise. Uh, and we try to distinguish between your current values. Like, What do you value today? And separate that from aspirational values of like, who would you want to potentially become or, or start to work your way towards? Do you see, see a distinction there between those two? I mean, there certainly can be, but the way that I think about my value system, the ones I just laid out, those cross all chasms. Mm. 
right? They're, they're independent of time or a possibility. They're just simply a mechanism for the day-to-day interaction, right? The day-to-day life that I live. Because whether it's today or 36 years from now, honesty is always going to matter to me. Kindness is always going to matter to me. Self-actualization is always going to matter to me. And so you can look, I get why you're saying it. It doesn't necessarily register with me though in the way that I operate, but it makes sense if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, I think the context matters and we'll, we'll be doing values exercises and we're about to, it's what we talked about before. Uh, it's it's like, where am I today versus where do I want to go? Because we're about to do some goal setting. And it's like, let's let's ground ourselves in what matters to us today and then think about what we want to become so that we can measure the gap. And so I think it's it's more in, in that context. But I when you're when you're using your values like the filter you describe to create alignment in what you're doing and prioritizing the things that are in alignment with your with your values, it makes sense to consider the aspirational because that's where you want to go. Yeah. And I, I think for, for me, and again, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong to this. And I want to be clear about that. Everybody has their own thing. I just simply think that for the way that I operate my life, it's easy to just have them stationary because there's so much chaos around me all the time, not in a bad way, but just in a getting pulled in a lot of directions, having a lot of things going on, doing a lot of stuff where it's like the biggest thing for me is just having certain tools in place that don't move. It's like, you know, if you go into, I always love when you go into somebody's like workshop in their garage at their house and they have like the outline on the pegboard of the hammer. I'm like, that dude always knows where the hammer goes. He's never (laughs) looking for the hammer. Right. And yeah. so that's me, Chris. I'm never looking for the hammer. It's that simple. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's, that's, that's really cool. I mean, we having a consistent system lets you over time just make the adjustments, make the small, small tuning without having to get lost in, in like an inconsistent process or system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's spot on. And that's where most people fail because you know, it's even they'll have seven coaches and they'll read 36 different books in a year and they'll listen to 19 podcasts. And it's like, dude, pick one, pick, pick a lane, just stay with it for a while. Right. Yeah. I you know, I saw this, uh, this post a few weeks back and it was one of those, uh, it was like a picture and it was like, Hey, the, the, you know, the leadership progression experience or something. And it was, it was like 50 different books and they recommended listening to like five minutes of each one of those in like in some sequence. And I was like, man, that just feels like you're spreading yourself around too thin where you're just not getting enough of any one thing to really make it valuable. Yeah. I've done, I think we've all done that though. If you're in personal development, if you're in learning, you're always trying to figure it out. I mean, I've worked with, name them, I've worked with them. Right. And then now that I've been in this for so long, it's like, I only work with really two people. Right. And everything else I love and support everyone doing their thing. But it's like, if you hit me up and you're like, Hey, do you want to join my mastermind? I'm like, no. I don't. <laughs> Thanks though. Have a great day. And it's like, I think that's the thing that again, Chris, clarity, right? How do you get clear when you're swimming through 50 books? And I've been Mr. A Book a Week guy. I've done that. I cannot tell you anything that I read in 2018. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I literally can't. I have no idea. because It's like, I remember I read like one of Gary's books. I read Lewis Howell's book. That's all I remember from 2018. And there was another, I have a literal list of them. There's another 50. I have no idea. Yeah, that's why I mean, there's this trend towards micro content that I, I get, and it makes sense, and it 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 draws people to your to your platform, and 
there's little hits of motivation there, but I, I, I challenge that micro content at times to be enough depth to have meaning. Yeah, I mean, that's a really valid point. And I think that that also, what I've experienced in my own life is like, I will get in to someone's content and then I'll realize like, oh, wait a second. They're just teaching someone else's stuff. Yeah. And that's real. I'm gonna, even in personal development, there's a hierarchy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everybody the secret. Kind of all starts with Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Like if you really go into this deeply and then it's a trickle down from him. I'm not saying everybody's not different to have their thing. I've worked with Tony. I've learned from Tony. I've been in Tony's pro- private coaching groups. So I'm not saying like don't also work with other people. I'm just saying be careful about who you are working with because some people are only regurgitating other people's stuff. I mean, we kind of always are. That's the human experience that we're having. That's just the nature of it. I'll even catch myself being like, was that actually my idea? Where did this idea come from? Was that Chris's idea? Did Chris say that? Right. And so, you know, you get into it and especially the deeper you go into it, just question, why are you working with this person? Why are you investing with them? Why are you learning from them? Are they a good salesperson? Are they great at closing? Because they can hit you from the logical and the emotional, right? Or do they actually have the thing that you need? Because I I mean, I've done so many in-person conferences and events, not only of my own, but other people's. And I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not giving you any money until I've sat on this for a week. Close the cart. I don't care. Right. It's like, because I need to know that what this is, isn't that irrational, emotional animal brain that I have being like, oh my God, I'm going to miss out if I don't get in Chris program right now. So, you know, when you kind of pause in this and you recognize that there is a million pieces of content coming out of every single microsecond and that if you can filter that in and really ask yourself, like, what are the needs? And you can look at it from two perspectives. Like, what are the business needs? What do I need to learn here? Do I need to learn funnels? Do I need to learn copywriting? Do I need to learn podcasting? Do I need to learn how to write a book? Right? Okay, cool. Let me get in that arena and stay there. On the personal side, do I need to learn how to have a better relationship? Do I need to know boundaries? Do I need to learn how to heal trauma? Do I need to learn how to take care of my finances and get out of debt and have a good credit score or whatever? Okay, cool. Well, then I need to segment that and, and go to each one of those persons and people individually. And so I think it really, again, we can talk about this word clarity all day long, but the reason why people go into, and this was me too, and so I'm, I'm literally like pointing the thumb, the reason why so many people go in to 37 coaches and a hundred grand in debt and personal development is because they didn't get clarity about what they actually wanted and they bought emotionally as opposed to logically. Mm. That's that's good. Uh, it goes again, it goes back to what you were saying before. You gotta know like where who you want to become, what are you trying to grow into and let that tell you like what I need to, what do I need to seek out. And to your point, like doing it from a place of alignment and logic with or it needs to tie to skills, knowledge, awareness that you want to grow into or gain to get to that place instead of feeling emotionally attached. There's a component of that, but it's not the driver. Yeah, exactly. And and it gives you, when you do that, it gives you the freedom to go all in. Because if you have clarity about it, you're not concerned about making the wrong decisions. And so when I stroke a check and I paid Grant Cardone multiple five figures, when I stroke a check and I paid Tom Bilyeu multiple five figures, when I stroke a check and I got invested into the people who I now work with, it's never in question. Never. And and I don't even really work with those guys anymore because now I'm 
in a different space in my life. But when I needed them, it was like, that's exactly what I need. These are exactly the people I need for what I'm doing in the business. When I had a therapist, it's the same thing, man. Like I had to sit down and I, I put together, this is because I'm type A probably and because I'm partially crazy, but I went and I took a spreadsheet, Chris, and I wrote out like 20 questions that I needed to ask a therapist before I would allow them to work with me. Not before I would work with them, before I allowed them to work with me because this is my life. And so what happened was I got on the phone. I literally interviewed 15 therapists before I found my last guy. And I went through the questions like an interview because I'm not willing to take just what's in front of me. I want what I want, but you can only get what you want by having clarity. And that, and again, that applies to everything. People are in relationships that they don't want to be in because they didn't have clarity. They're in careers they don't want to be in because they didn't have clarity. They're even driving a car they don't want to have because the salesman at the auto dealership crushed it and got them into a Prius when they ask, actually wanted to escalate, right? Because they didn't have clarity. And when you have clarity and you filter through your values, guess what? Now you have this thing called boundaries. And when you have boundaries, boundaries are for you, not for them. Boundaries are for you, not for them. And when you have boundaries, nothing is ever in question. This is all systematic, man. Mm, well said. Very well said. Well, if, if the listeners want to find you, Michael, and check out your podcast and be a part of your world and get to know more of your uh, everything you're up to, where can they find you? Yeah, man. I'm everywhere on social at Michael Unbroken. And the podcast, the community, everything we do, we have a free community called Think Unbroken Academy. Um, just come over there. It's thinkunbrokenacademy.com. I checked out, like I told you before the uh, episode, I checked out a few of your your podcasts and uh, it's really good. So I recommend if you guys like the uh, the conversation, go check you out over there. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And you know, luckily, we've been able to have some amazing human beings on that show and we will continue to do so. That's great. And and we, we close out our, our episodes with a question. If I can uh, get you to narrow your focus a little bit for a second, if you could have our listeners take away one thing from the podcast today, what would it be? That you'll never do one thing once and be proficient. It's awesome, man. Michael, thank you so much for being on today. It was a pleasure. I hope you have an awesome time at your conference and good luck. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.